0: Welcome to episode 78 of the TruthQuest podcast, the truth about celebrities. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as hate speech, Trump derangement syndrome, Edward Snowden, the California wildfires, or impeachment comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean.com. The video version of the podcast are available on YouTube, Bitshoot, and Brighton.com. If you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please take a moment and scroll down on the podcast page and give it a 5-star rating. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through Facebook and Twitter advertising. Please see this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Several years ago, when visiting New York City with my family, my daughters went nuts when they saw the actress-singer Miley Cyrus, at the time playing Hannah Montana on the Disney Network. Why did they get so excited? Well, of course, because she was a celebrity on TV, and they were 9 and 12 years old, respectively. But you know what? It's no different for many people when they grow into adulthood. They put celebrities on a pedestal and I guess they assume they're the same people they watch on their screens as they are in real life. Or perhaps there is a little bit of an inferiority complex going on. I mean, these people are famous, and I'm not, so naturally they must be smarter than me. I think we all can relate to a certain extent to the worship, respect, or adoration of celebrities, but what I find to be an interesting psychological exercise is, is to examine why these folks think their opinion about politics and public policy should carry any weight with the public. One of my all-time favorite Brad Paisley songs is called Celebrity. Here's the chorus of the song. So in case you didn't catch the lyrics, it talks about being a celebrity. You say adios to reality. No matter what you do, people will think you're cool just because you're on TV. Even if you throw a fit in Starbucks about your latte and they say you're insane, it doesn't matter. They're just You just blame it on the fame and the pressures that go with being a celebrity. It's a great song and in my mind positions celebrities a lot of times where they need to be. So, as the Trump presidency continues, it is clear that the derangement syndrome I discussed in episode 73 has fully infected the celebrity class. Celebrities of all stripes line up on nearly a daily basis to bash Trump, his family, and seemingly anyone who voted for him. You know, the same sad name-calling routine, bigot, homophobe, misogynist, xenophobe, transphobe, racist, it goes on and on. I just never understood why people care so much about what celebrities think. I don't understand the reverence in which they are held. Why do we care what Alyssa Milano thinks? She hasn't been relevant for, what, 20 years? And when she was, she was 12 years old. Robert De Niro curses Trump every chance he gets. Look up his infamous acceptance speech at the Tony Awards in 2018. The once relevant, extremely talented, and gut-busting funny Jim Carrey now spends his time painting derogatory pictures of Trump. And on the side, he begs for socialism in the United States. Celebrity athletes often jump into the fray. Stephon Curry and Megan Rapinoe come to mind. The list of celebrities who have thrown their hat into the Trump-bashing arena are endless. Ashley Judd, Ben Affleck, Amy Schumer, Lena Dunham, Cher, Johnny Depp, Miley Cyrus, Louis C.K., Susan Sarandon, Jennifer Lawrence, Rosie O'Donnell. Well, I'll cut her a little slack, given the fat pig comment by Trump. Alec Baldwin, Meryl Streep, Samuel L. Jackson. I can go on all day. I have one question. Why should we care what these people think? How is their opinion any different from your next-door neighbor or your friends or your relatives? The truth is, these people do something that millions of people enjoy. Watching them on TV, reciting words written for them by others, or performing comedy routines that make us laugh or playing a sport at the highest level. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that these people should be silenced for their rhetoric. Quite the contrary. I encourage Trump haters generally, and left-wing fanatics specifically, to voice their opinion, and spew their hatred, because it provides me with an opportunity to ask questions and point out inconsistencies in their backbiting. Unlike the left-wing, I try to be driven by principles. And if you've listened to any number of these podcasts, you know that the Bible and the Constitution tend to serve as my principal purveyors. If the shoe were on the other foot, say a celebrity was critical of Obama or Hillary or Pelosi, make no mistake, the left would want them silenced. Listen to episode 76, The Truth About Hate Speech, for a better understanding of that. When it comes to celebrities, in my mind, actors occupy the lowest spot on the celebrity totem pole, and for good reason. And because of that, I have a particularly difficult time taking them seriously when they vomit their partial and partisan opinions on politics. I guess my point is, if you're going to take a celebrity's opinion seriously, you might need to have some respect for them to start with. And while I appreciate great actors as much as anyone else, successful singers, athletes, and comics live in a constant state of meritocracy. Actors do not. The former only earn what they get because they must compete. This is especially true for athletes. Athletes must compete on a daily basis with other athletes who are literally looking to take their jobs. Comics and singer-songwriters must write and perform material that remains relevant and competitive in order to keep the masses buying their songs, attending their shows, and keeping them laughing. What do famous actors do? I mean, really, how many millions of people can memorize some lines and regurgitate them in a reasonable manner in front of a green screen, where in post-production, be made to look like a model in front of an exploding skyscraper? There are exceptions, of course. There are definitely elite actors, but given the Hollywood history of the casting couch and the Harvey Weinstein fiasco, it's pretty clear how many of these people get into the game. Athletes and singers exist in a world where you sink or swim. You can't perform enough sexual acts to land and maintain a recording contract or be offered a major league baseball contract. You have to perform, sell it and kill it. Athletes, comics and singer-songwriters live in a jungle where only the fittest survive. And you know what? We shouldn't give two shits about what they think either. They are not any more well-versed in the nuances of public policy than their celebrity counterparts from the Actors Guild. So to get back to the topic at hand, I have no problem with people being critical of the president. I hate the office of the president, the executive branch. It commands too much power. Much of what is conducted from the executive branch these days is unconstitutional. But what I abhor are unprincipled attacks. These people spewed hatred over Bush starting wars. Remember Bush lied, people died? But they remained silent for eight years while Obama continued to prosecute the same conflicts and started others. They talked endlessly about Trump's history with women, but have nothing to say about Bill Clinton's decades-long history of philandering, including his relationship with the now-dead pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. These same people remained mute when former Congressman Anthony Weiner, the husband of Hillary Clinton's longtime staffer Huma Aldean, was taking dick pics and sending them to other women. His behavior was so bad he had to resign from office. Or well, what about former New York Governor Elliot Spitzer's penchant for high-end prostitutes? The collective group known as left-wing sycophant celebrities remains silent through all of these incidents and many more, yet they cannot contain their contempt for orange man Trump. Either treating women badly is contemptible and worthy of condemnation, or it isn't, regardless of the party affiliation of the perpetrator. Upon further reflection, when I say these people have no principles, I I may be wrong. Maybe they are principle-driven. Maybe their principles are Republicans bad, Christians hypocrites, orange-haired president corrupt, people who voted for orange-haired president deplorable, obtaining and maintaining power, all that matters, getting even, a requirement, denigrating ideological opponents, essential. I get it. These people live in a bubble. These people are fawned over. The words they speak are written down for them. They are told where to stand, what to do, when to cry, when to laugh, when to look angry, when to look happy, where to walk, who to hold hands with. They are told where to go and where, when to be there. Some of them are no doubt very talented, and I understand that they are constantly lauded over and have microphones stuffed in their face. Hell, some actresses have testified before Congress because of a part they played was related to an issue Congress was debating... Yes, that really happened, although I think it says more about Congress than it does the actor. Despite all of that, they are not smarter than you or me. They are just as ignorant as your coworker or your neighbor who you laugh at when you hear them talk about politics. And I understand that we are not talking about chess players here. They probably don't think, or maybe they don't care, that what they are saying is going to likely alienate half of their audience. Why would they, when everyone they're surrounded by in New York and L.A. believe the same things they do? So let me cherry-pick some comments made by celebrities about Trump as a way of making some points and demonstrate my assertion about hypocrisy, lack of principles, and outright ignorance of the facts. So let's start with the previously mentioned Alyssa Milano. Tweeting about Trump's response to the NFL National Anthem protest, Milano said this, Thank you, Donald Trump for giving me opportunities to teach my children the difference between right and wrong, end quote. No irony here. This coming from a woman who is a full-fledged abortion advocate. No baby is safe from this woman. She once called for a sex strike to protest anti-abortion laws, clearly making my point that these folks are far from chess players. She didn't even see the irony of abstaining from sex in the context of the abortion debate. Plus, what message does that send to young women? Your only worth in this world is your ability to put out? How about Chelsea Handler? Quote, he being Trump, doesn't have a value system. He's a big bully. He's not interested in the American people. He lies constantly. End quote. Values? You're going to talk about values? You mean like Bill Clinton getting his dick sucked by a 21-year-old intern and then committing perjury to cover it up? I'm sure it wouldn't be difficult to dig up a handler stand-up routine where she glorified Clinton's behavior. And not interested in the American people because he lies constantly? Oh, you mean like Obama repeatedly lying about keeping your doctor and saving money if Obamacare was passed? What about Jimmy Kimmel? Quote, He, Trump, doesn't know the difference between Medicare and Medicaid. He barely knows the difference between Melania and Ivanka. End quote. See what he did there? He used the stale line from the Bush years calling Trump stupid but then throwing in a line that disgustingly suggests that Trump is sexually involved with his daughter. I mean, if Kimmel had any sense of morality or fairness, he would have said something like, he barely knows the difference between Melania, Ivana, and Marla Maples. See, that would have been funny, given Trump's track record with his marriages. Kimmel and his writers hardly ever mention the Obama daughter's names during his presidency, and Chelsea Clinton, hell, she's still a protected class to this very day. Kimmel and his writers are cowards. George Clooney had this to say, quote, It becomes increasingly clear how over his head and incapable this man is being president of the United States. The good news is that our other institutions, meaning press, finally, and judges and senators, have proven that the country works. There is checks and balances, end quote. Excuse me, Mr. Clooney, did you say the same thing about Barack Obama when he was elected president? I mean, what part of his resume made you think that he wasn't in over his head? Part-time attorney? Adjunct professor? State legislator? Part-time U.S. senator? Give me your average businessman over that resume any day. How about Kim Kardashian? Quote, anyone can run the U.S. better. My daughter would run it better. It's really scary, the world that we're living in now. And when you did feel safe at home, now with Trump in presidency, you just don't feel safe anymore, End quote. I would make the same observation I made about Clooney's comments here, but I want to tell you a, a funny but related story. When Obama and Biden were running against McCain and Palin, I made the point at our family gathering that Sarah Palin was more qualified to be president than Obama. An unnamed person at the family gathering nearly vomited in their mouth when I uttered those words. What, they exclaimed, with the most incredulous look I've ever seen. I explained that I based my opinion on the fact that governors are probably the most qualified people to run for the presidency, including senators. Palin, of course, had been the governor of Alaska. Given the circumstances, I was unable to expand my point that Palin was probably better qualified than any of the three men in the running. What the hell kind of qualifications did McCain have to be president? He's never run a business or a state or a city. Neither had the neophyte Obama or the career politician Senator Biden. But my unnamed family member had been marinating in mainstream media and PBS propaganda, which told them that McCain was an old guy who loved war, which of course was true. And Palin was this ditzy, good-looking, confident woman from Alaska? Meanwhile, no one dared to challenge the qualifications of Obama the Second Coming. He was unassailable and untouchable for woke reasons. So back to Kim Kardashian. Within two years of her making this comment, she meets with Trump and secures the release of Alice Marie Johnson from prison after serving 23 years of a life sentence for a non-violent drug offense. This prompted the former close minded dangerous man i.e. Trump, to push forward with prison reform, known as the First Step Act. I wonder why Obama didn't pardon Johnson or push an agenda for prison reform. How about Stephen King? Quote, Trump's no friend of the working man. If you're working for wages, brothers and sisters, he couldn't give a shit about you. Check his tax plan. Same old, same old. The fat man's dancing while the poor man pays the band. End quote. Meanwhile, back in the real world, wages have been rising throughout the Trump presidency. Employment is at all-time highs in several minority demographics. Oh well, King is in good company. Former economist and creepy left-wing propagandist columnist for the New York Times, Paul Krugman, predicted that the Trump's victory would trigger a global recession with no end in sight. How about pretty boy Richard Gere? Quote, The most horrible thing that Trump has done is conflate two words, refugee and terrorist. That's what he's done. Instead of refugees being someone we want to help, now we're afraid of them. And the biggest crime is conflating these two ideas. We have to understand what he and the conservative movement has done, end quote. Gere made these comments in 2017 when the southern border was being overrun by a horde of Central American refugees. You remember that? And the left painted Trump and conservatives as unkind, inconsiderate, heartless bastards for not opening the border to these poor women and their babies fleeing political persecution. Well, come to find out, 60-70% to 70% of the flock were men. Not old, decrepit men, but military-age men. That's weird, isn't it? Also, come to find out, there is an international law in the books that states that you must request refugee status in the country in which you immediately border. So in other words... A Honduran migrant had to seek refugee status in Guatemala, not America. And a Guatemalan migrant had to seek refugee status in Mexico, not America. So it turns out Trump and conservatives were doing two things that left this like Richard Gere detest. Enforcing a law that he disagrees with and protecting the southern border. The overarching message of the TruthQuest podcast is to always encourage you to think for yourself. Don't take anyone's word for it, regardless of what it is. Ask questions of those who offer up their opinions. Don't let people get away with blanket, unsubstantiated claims and opinions. That goes as much for your next-door neighbor or coworker as it does for a talking head on TV or your congressman, but it especially applies to celebrities who often come to the arena of ideas with an entitlement mentality. The bubble in which they live, surrounded by yes-men, ass-kissers, and adoring fans, creates a blind spot when it comes to offering their opinions about politics and public policy. They think they are smarter than everyone else because, well, millions of people spend hundreds of millions of dollars to see them work. They think they are smarter than everyone else because no one ever challenges them. Everyone just nods their head when they speak. They think they are smarter than everyone else because everyone else in their bubble thinks the same way they do. That everyone they associate with in L.A., Chicago, and New York are enlightened and woke, and all the bumpkins in the middle are idiots. They cannot fathom why anyone would vote for Donald Trump because no one they know did so. So when they start spewing their hate, they are simply singing to the bubble choir. And it doesn't matter how insane or inane their comments are. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.